Hey everyone, and a special hello to everyone listening on Twitter right now. Welcome to episode 4 of Who is Neil? Before the episode, I want to say a few things. Firstly, I want to reiterate that this podcast does not have a political agenda. Just because I am liberal and not for Trump, it doesn't mean that I am paid by or actively supporting Hillary. That's ridiculous. I don't get paid anything to do this. I do it because I enjoy it, and I think this story of bots, tech, and hate speech is important, especially right now. Secondly, I'm not interested in doxing Neil Turner. Doxing is where you share information on a person that could be damaging to them. Their address, credit card numbers, social security number, etc. I have no plans of sharing any info that could threaten his safety. I do, however, disagree with anonymity when sharing political opinions. If Neil wants to share his thoughts, he should do so as his own identity, not hide behind some fake anonymous account that has a picture of a 17-year-old kid. There are consequences to your words, especially when you're sending your message to millions, like Neil is. Before getting into this episode, let's recap a little bit about what happened in the previous three episodes of this podcast. podcast by introducing Neil and explaining that he is not a bot. He is a real person using tech to empower his account and messaging. An extremely active pro-Trump account that has amassed a cult following on the Twitter platform. Neil is supposedly a teenage to early 20-year-old living in Mississippi. His bio on Twitter reads this, fighting political correctness and white genocide one tweet at a time. Hashtag Trump, hashtag alt-right. Neil's tweets have also been featured in Politico and Fortune, which is true. They have. However, it wasn't the press that got Neil popular. It was technology. Neil runs a script, a simple computer program, that allows his account to be the first respondent to every tweet that comes from either Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton's accounts. Each reply Neil sends is posted within two seconds of Trump or Clinton posting their tweet, ensuring he is always the number one response. We then found out that Neil is not who he says he is. I, Nathan, receive this message from my source. Source. Hi, Nathan. I like your podcast on Neil Turner, quote-unquote. You're right that the account is fake. Like so many fake AstroTurf accounts, one often can find that their persona is fake-slash-stolen by flipping the image horizontally and then running the result through a reverse image search, such as Google Images, 
or tin eye. I also chatted about what shadow banning is and why it is happening to me on Twitter as a result of being targeted by mass amounts of Trump trolls. To start, let's talk about what shadow banning actually is. Shadow banning is when Twitter censors your tweets without banning you from the platform straight out. They remove your tweets from public search, as well as at times allow you to reply to tweets, but they are not viewable by the public. So you can see your tweets and replies on your own profile, but the public cannot see them in the general home stream, or again, they will not be searchable on the platform itself. I finally shared a little bit about the tech I am using to get the top reply spot to Trump and Hillary tweets and the results of me doing so. Um, here's my brother Logan, as I said, and we put together a test where uh, we wrote a little script to see uh, what type of impressions and views we would be getting if we were the number one reply to both uh, Hillary and Trump. So, Logan, uh, I want to say hello to the Twitter audience here. Hello. Hacker in Residence here at Who is Neil Industries. Yep, i uh, got the Hacker in Residence here. I've been doing it for quite some time. Pretty exciting. And so, um, like I said, we wrote a script. We wanted to test the number of impressions we could get if we were up at the top. Um, and mostly just beat out our friend Neil and take back the top. Now in this episode, I will share some more about my struggle with censorship and trolling of my Nathan T. Bernard Twitter account, along with a Twitter argument with another Neil-esque account, White Genocide T1. I'll then talk a little bit about the conspiracy theory of white genocide and how it's influencing the election on Twitter and in real life. Finally, I'm going to share a bit of a direct message conversation that Neil and I had on Twitter, which will give you a better idea of who Neil is and why he's doing this type of work. Enjoy. As I mentioned last episode, I have been mass-reported by tons of Trump Twitter trolls whenever I post anything in either candidate's feed in or near the top spot, which has resulted in censorship of my content. Sometimes, the result of these trolls teaming up on me is that my posts are entirely removed from the reply thread. Lots of trolls accused me of spam, which I'm not doing. No more so, as I said before, than Neil Turner or any of these other alt-right accounts. I typically don't even engage the trolls. There's really no point. However, recently I landed in the top reply spot to a popular Trump tweet, which led to an important conversation I had with a well-known alt-right account called White Genocide T1. Before I read that conversation, let me give some background on this account, which has been mentioned several times in the news and is another quote-unquote face to Trump's Twitter following and movement, just like Neil. 
Most recently, this White Genocide T1 account, formerly known as White Genocide TM, was mentioned in the FBI Director James Comey's interrogation over the Clinton email scandal. Let's hear what FBI Director Comey has to say in response. I, I know the uh, FBI pays particular attention uh, to groups uh, by training agents and local law enforcement officers and participating in local hate crime working groups. Is that right? Yes, sir. Uh, some of these organizations seem re relatively harmless, but others appear to be very dangerous and growing. Some even promote genocide in their postings and rhetoric online. Uh, in your experience, how dangerous are these groups, and have they incited violence in the past? I think too hard to answer, Congressman, in the abstract. There are some groups that are dangerous. There are some groups yeah. that are exercising uh, important protection protected speech under the First Amendment. Okay, let me ask about a, a, a more di direct question. Uh, a gentleman named Andrew Anglin is the editor of a website called The Daily Stormer that is dedicated to the supremacy of the white race as well as attacking Jews, Muslims, and others. The website features numerous posts with the hashtag a white genocide to protest what they contend is an effort to eliminate the white race. Are you familiar with this movement? I'm not. Okay. Well, this hashtag has been promoted all over social media by a growing number of white supremacists. For example, one Nazi sympathizer tweeted repeatedly using the handle at white genocide TM. Uh, are you concerned that some groups are increasing their followers in this way, particularly if some of those followers could become violent? I don't know the particular enough to comment, uh, Congressman. We are always concerned when people go beyond protected speech, which we do not investigate, to moving towards acts of violence. So our duty is to figure out when have people walked outside the First Amendment protection and are looking to kill folks or hurt folks. But I don't know enough to comment on the particular. I see. Well, one of my biggest concerns is that certain public figures are actually promoting these dangerous groups even further. And as you may know, one of our most vocal candidates for president retweeted at White Genocide TM. Uh, three weeks later, he did it again. Two days after that, he retweeted a different user whose image also included the term white genocide, and that's not even all of them. Director Comey, don't these actions make it easier for these racist groups to recruit even more supporters? I don't think I'm in a position to answer that in an intelligent way sitting here. Well, I appreciate you, you trying, and thank you, Mr. Director, for your exceptional and principled service to our country. I yield back. It definitely seems very absurd to hear about Twitter conversations in that context, in court, in a very, very serious investigation. But the words spread on Twitter, I feel, should be taken just as seriously as anything said in real life, especially when users are talking about genocide, white genocide. I'll explain more about what white genocide is and means later on in this podcast. Now, let me share what white genocide T1 said to me about my posts in regards to Neil. This Twitter conversation involves three accounts, Nathan, myself, white genocide T1, which I'll refer to as white genocide, and Andrew. This is how it went. 
Andrew. Report Nathan T. Bernard. His tweets in Trump's timeline are spam. He's a Hillary bot. The more it gets reported, the faster his spam is taken down. Nathan. I'm not for Hillary, nor am I a bot. Andrew. But you do send spam, and you are the first reply to every Trump tweet. That makes you a bot. Nathan. No, it doesn't. A bot is not a real person. It's a hollow account solely built on auto-responses and sometimes machine learning. Andrew. But it's developed by a real person. Are you not a real person? You developed a bot that is spam. Nathan. So are at Neil Turner and at White Genocide T1 spam too? White Genocide. We aren't promoting the same tweet over and over, and ours are relevant, yours isn't. Nathan. Nor am I. You use automated blanket statements that could be relevant to literally anything. White Genocide. You use this one over and over again. At least I'm creative. White Genocide then links a link to my podcast, which I have posted on several Trump tweets. Nathan. There are bots on every single reply thread, so that is always relevant. White Genocide. What is the purpose of spamming? Why do you care about Neil so much, fucking weirdo? Nathan. Tech is interesting with content. No interest in doxing, and don't agree with anonymity with strong political opinion. White Genocide. I don't understand your end goal in the podcast. What is the point? It's just annoying. Nathan. Educating people on the tech being used and how free speech is changing as a result. White Genocide. Yeah, and now others are spamming everywhere. Takes the fun out of it when you don't make any good replies. Nathan. That's the world we live in, unfortunately. They have their right to spam or do whatever they want. White Genocide. Well, that's why you're getting mass-reported to Twitter. Promote your content some other way. Nathan. I won't be doing that. And again, you guys cycle through the same content over and over. White Genocide. I have over 900 replies. You use one and a few vines. Your podcasts wouldn't be as gay if you didn't spam. Nathan. There's an easy solution if it causes you so much stress. Block me. Then you won't have to see it. White Genocide. Or maybe you can promote your stuff in a better way. I'm only curious as to where his profile picture originated. Nathan. More variety is always better. Like I said, I'll tone down the podcast promo a bit. I already know where it came from. Referring to the profile picture. End of conversation. been referring to the term white genocide a lot, so I feel it's important to explain exactly what it is. White genocide is a conspiracy theory fueled by white supremacists that mass immigration, racial integration, and increased abortion is all a giant government conspiracy theory to destroy the white race and European culture. 
Let's listen to Alex Jones, the host of a conspiracy-driven show called InfoWars, talk about the concept of white genocide. Will they stay off the there you go. You are a cracker, meaning you're a bad white person. It's bad to be white. It's bad to be European. Whether you're Romanian or Italian or Austrian or German or French or British or Russian, uh, it is bad to be white. That's what I was taught in public school. That's what I was taught at college and why I got out. Didn't matter what class it was, they would go to the front. It was always a white person and tell me how bad white people are and how wonderful it is that we're going to die off. And uh, then if you say, well, I'm not bad. I like everybody else's culture, but, I, you know, it's not bad if, 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 if you're proud of being, you know, Scottish or Irish or, I mean, it, it's, or that your great-great-granddaddy was, you know, uh, British or German. I mean, what does that mean? I mean, you know, oh, like everybody's culture, but the cracker. And notice the message is, if you don't like socialism, or if you call Obama socialist, you are a cracker. There's nothing worse than being a white person. What do you think the N-word is? It's saying, you are black and you're not worth anything. It's bad to be black. And now, it's bad to be white. And there's a celebration. You watch the culture, the media, it's all destroy your culture, destroy your culture. Because the globalists don't want any cultures out there. They want to erase your culture so they can replace it with the corporate abortion culture, the corporate euthanasia culture. And Slimeball and Mr. Maddow and all the rest of them on that network, they hate strength. They hate unity. They hate anything that's established. When they hype up racism and they, they don't like black people and uh, all day, that's meant to get us at each other's throats. And if that won't work, then it'll be mobilize the, quote, minorities, who are really the majority now in this country, together against cracker. But not the cracker up there race pimping, uh, Chris Matthews. See, he's a master cracker. He's a controller cracker. Uh, so, so all of us that don't want to be under government-run health care and the death panels that are now admitted, first they denied it, we're dirty crackers. And see, then that kind of rekindles. Well, it's all right to be racist against a cracker. That's why I've got to see the names of uh, Hispanic radio and TV stations called the La Infasora, the Raza, which means the race, um, the La Reconquista, the reconquering. So the invasion, the reconquering, the race. La Raza has giant... Functions with hundreds of thousands of people meeting, you know, at, at daily, at, at, at yearly events on a single day across the country. And I've seen the tapes of it and played it with mayors and Congress people saying whites are evil. Soon they'll be dealt with. Yay, rah, 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 and just huge crowds of people. Raza, raza. And it's like, ah, ah, ah. But then, and then Matthew's like, shut up, crackers. See, all of that is okay. See, so they're openly saying it's okay to hate white people. They're the devil. They're the bad men. I mean, it, it, it's incredible. I, I, I could have one Spencer. In fact, maybe call Spencer and see if he's not on the road. Have him hook up his computer clips so we can hear the mayor of L.A. and all them talk about go home pilgrims and we're going to get you and your last gasp of white people and uh, whites are the devil. I got a tape of the old Gus Garcia mayor in Austin uh, openly saying that um, – that Hispanics are a superior god race, uh, part alien. You think I'm joking. They, they, they had a city proclamation of the supreme cosmic race, 
uh, of Hispanics. And again, I don't care if you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever, but don't sit there on a high horse spewing racism, spewing we're going to get the white pilgrim cracker and then tell me, oh, you don't like that? Well, you're just a cracker. Get in the ditch and die. Wow. You can see where these ideas of white genocide stem from. It's conspiracy nuts like Alex Jones. But ultimately, it comes back to Trump validating these ideas instead of dismissing them. In fact, Trump encourages this type of thinking with retweets from accounts like White Genocide T1 and Neil Turner. These conspiracy theories are deep-rooted. People like Neil Turner and White Genocide T1 believe them and use them as rallying cries to recruit others in their mission. Now, let me share a snippet of a direct message conversation with Neil Turner that I had to show a little bit more about why he is doing this work and supporting an idea like white genocide. For some background, when I first started thinking about this podcast, I reached out directly to Neil via direct message on Twitter. For some reason, he followed me. Not entirely sure why or how that happened. That first message I sent is where I will start the conversation. Nathan. Hey, Neil. I'm working on a podcast about Twitter in the 2016 election. You've made a name for yourself on the platform as someone that is pro-Trump. Would you be open to coming on the show to chat about your work on Twitter and why Trump is your candidate of choice? It will just be a phone call between you and I. Serious questions. No trolling or bullshit. Let me know if you're open to it. Neil. Let me get back to you later. Nathan. Sure thing, Neil. After a long while, Neil finally did reply. Neil, I've made my decision. I'm not coming on your show slash podcast. I'm for Trump because I hate what the globalists are doing to our country, Canada, and all the other European countries. I'm tired of the media's agenda. I'm tired of the media's lies. I'm tired of having to put up with self-hating people. Why are we forced to share everything we work for with strangers? Oh, and could you stop replying to my tweets? Your comments have no substance and are totally worthless, sometimes even totally false. I'll have to block you if you don't stop. Fair enough? For some background, Neil did end up blocking me. He now is no longer blocking me, and we've had several conversations on Twitter. Nathan. Sure thing, Neil. It's completely fine if you don't feel comfortable talking with me. I'd hope you reconsider in the future and maybe chatting via DM will give us a better sense of one another aside from our respective internet personalities. I understand your view on globalism and how it hurts working Americans. The media is also skewed. I probably dislike their agenda as much as you do, especially in this election. It's bullshit. You should know, too, that I'm not for Hillary or Trump. I don't particularly like either. As for the replies, I've been running a script, like you are, to reply. I'm fine with toning down some of the more baseless tweets. However, I don't see any issue with personally writing replies to your automated tweets. Twitter is about uncensored, direct conversations between users like us, which spark meaningful, sometimes, and sometimes pointless for that matter, conversations. I think that's fair. What do you think? Neil. Sure. Now, a lot of those sentiments probably sound pretty similar to what you've heard before. You've heard it from Trump, Alex Jones, and now Neil Turner. And in some ways, I understand. I can feel for the working Americans that are struggling to make ends meet. I think everyone does. But this whole trend of 
truth-bending, conspiracies, and hate is becoming really dangerous, and it's only going to get worse. That's all for this episode. I hope it gave you a better sense of what drives Neil Turner and these other Trump followers. In the next episode, I will share more info on the origination of the Neil Turner account and several other conversations I've had on Twitter with Neil and others. Until next time, happy hunting. Thank you.